What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, and entrepreneurship. Today, I'm talking to you all about mindset and a little bit of travel as I walk you through not only my personal travel updates, but how the topic today relates to travel and a bunch of other things that really relate to it. So, Basically, what I would love to talk about today is 10 baby steps that create massive transformation. I noticed within myself, especially as I started to build my own business, that I was trying to like skyrocket my business into the sky and scale into oblivion and have like a hundred clients make all this money because that's what I was seeing. When I would scroll on Instagram, I would see all these coaches that made X amount of money per month and, you know, had 50 new people in their program. And so I just started to think that's normal. That's what you're supposed to do. That's, that's really what the goal is. So I was pushing myself to scale, like I said, basically into outer space without even understanding the infrastructure or the foundation that I needed for my business. And then I realized the reason I've been able now to grow my business to a sustainable place is because I took baby steps to get there. Then I started thinking, well, wait a second. Baby steps is also what I always introduce to my clients. Baby steps is how I went abroad to Australia. Baby steps is how I changed my relationship to health. Baby steps are what I'm doing now to work on budgeting. And then I realized it really is these baby steps that create massive transformation. And often my clients come to me and they want to do, you know, one or two sessions and have their life transformed. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If you've had an issue for, I don't know, let's make it up 10 years, it's not going to go away. It's not going to be resolved in with one session. And not only that, not that I'm saying you can't quickly change your beliefs. I actually really do think you can, but to integrate it into your life and truly embody it and believe it, that takes baby steps. So that's really what I'm going to talk about today is 10 baby steps that create massive transformation. Now I did say there were some travel updates and I wanted to update you all on my life right now. This podcast is the first podcast I've done in probably, I want to say like two weeks now. I was diagnosed with COVID again and I am starting to think my first one was a false positive just because I had literally zero symptoms, like not one single thing on my body hurt. I didn't have any of the symptoms. I had all the energy in the world. So I don't know if I was false positive, but if I was actually positive? Well, I got it again. So I did have more symptoms this second time. I felt body aches. I was sneezing. I had a runny nose. I was congested. And unfortunately, I ended up getting diagnosed with it. And so I have been in quarantine and I had to push all my interviews back and my my own solos because my voice sounded like shit. I don't think you guys would really want to listen to a podcast where I was congested and sneezing and a runny nose. And I had all these interviews lined up. So now that I'm better, all those interviews are slated for the next few weeks. So you're going to hear some awesome guests coming up. I'm so excited for the lineup. But if you're wondering like, why haven't I done a podcast in two weeks? It's because I literally could not speak and my energy was so low and it would have sounded like shit. So that being said... I know a lot of you have been listening and know that I was in Australia for a year. I met my partner and then I moved to Germany. Now I'm back in the States waiting to figure out my visa stuff. And now I am going back next weekend. So I am going to obviously make sure I have a cleared COVID test. And if not, I will move my flight. And also I wanted to let you uh, basically in on some insights about how I'm doing this. 
So Germany's in lockdown right now, and we know international borders are closed. So a lot of people are like, how are you going over there? Well, my boyfriend and I are in a relationship, right? So I can be a partner going to seek out being with my partner. Now there, they call it unmarried partner's entry. So that's what I'm doing. I'm being, I'm not married and I have a partner over there. And so I'm going to be with them. I also have an apartment with him. We have a lease together. I pay rent. I have a landlord. So that really helps my case. And eventually I'm trying to move there more permanently, not permanently for the rest of my life, but probably for the next two or three years. And because of that, I'm applying for a freelancer or a self-employed visa. And it's really recommended um, apparently by the, the professionals that I'm working with to do it over there. So there are several reasons why I'm not only able to go in there, but why I'm going over there is I'm trying to get a visa and obviously be with my boyfriend who I've now been apart for from two and a half months. So the agency that I'm using is called Expat Launcher. So far, I've had an amazing experience with them. They have a 100% placement rate with helping expats move to Germany, and they really seem to know what they're doing. They have a checklist to pre-moving, to when you get there, to figuring out what you need. They handle all the paperwork. They they talk to the authorities on your behalf. So it's something that you do not want to mess with in Germany. Germany is a lot of red tape, a lot of paperwork. And I started looking into doing this on my own and I was like, "Mm, no, that just seems like that's going to be a lot of work. And there's, it just seems like if I mess up one step that I would have to completely start over and the time and energy I would waste doing that is, it, it doesn't even make sense. So yes, the company I'm using is called Expat Launcher. It's two people, Tammy and her partner, um, not her not her lover, (laughs) just like a business partner. And they're really awesome. So I would definitely recommend them. Like I said, so far I've had an amazing experience. And again, I'm going to be able to take a COVID test right before and make sure that it's negative before I go over there. Now, that's the other thing when people ask, like, how did I fly back? How did I get over there? You have to remember, I went to Germany from Australia. So that specific area, Australia right now has zero cases. So Australia was low risk. And when I went to Germany, that really helped my case getting in there. Then when I came home, I'm allowed to come home to the U.S. because I'm a U.S. citizen. So they have to let me in by law. And now that I'm going back, I do have to prove certain things, right? I have to go back there and quarantine. I have to isolate. I have to fill out like five pieces of paperwork to show that my boyfriend and I are actually in a relationship. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not as just it's not as easy as just booking a flight and then heading on over there. So I wanted to provide some insight because I get a lot of questions around that. Like, how are you going? Why are you doing it? How did you just get get a flight over there? And it's not as simple as you think, but it's also not impossible. So if you have any questions specifically about Germany, I'm tr- I'm happy to try and help from the knowledge I have so far. And definitely with Australia, I can help. I get a lot of questions about the Australian visa and how I got over there. And that to me is one of the easiest visas ever. And I'm more than happy to help you if you have questions around that. So yeah, those are the updates so far. And regarding business, if you guys follow me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife, you know I opened my one-on-one enrollment. So I have four spots right now open. I only have capacity to take on six people at a time. If you are my one-on-one client, you know this, you have my most attention and energy. Not only do we do calls bi-weekly, but you also have unlimited boxer access, which is a walkie-talkie style app. 
So I am constantly talking to my clients in voice notes and emails on Instagram, always checking in and they are my highest priority. And because of that, I can truly only take six people on at a time and two of my one-on-one clients re-enrolled with me. So I have four spots left. So if you are interested in working with me, definitely shoot me a DM at Chelsea Reif, or you can fill out the application in my bio. It's just the link in my bio. Or if you go to my website and scroll down to the links, you'll see the application there as well. So that again is open and I will be closing the enrollment as soon as those, as soon as those four spots are filled and my agreements are six months. So I won't enroll again until those agreements are over, which would be what around the summertime. So yeah, if you do want to work together, shoot me a DM, no pressure. We can just talk and see if it's a fit and really under understand where you would want coaching, why you'd want coaching, and we can work together to talk about it. So yeah, I will explain more at the end too, but I want to jump into these baby steps. Okay. So the first baby step that I have to create massive transformation is movement. I lost a ton of weight when I moved to Australia. And I think it was from the stress of just working in corporate America and eating like shit and eating at my desk. And I noticed everybody in Australia walked everywhere and they would always do something called the Bondi to Kuji coastal walk. And this walk is pretty long. It's not like a short walk, but it's so beautiful. It feels like every single time you take it, your breath is taken away. So I started doing this walk and during this walk, I would either listen to music, podcasts, voice note friends, call a friend, call my family. And I noticed I just felt really strong within my body. And then I started to do yoga a few days a week and then eventually mix some Pilates in. And I feel like my body transformed. And to this day, I feel different, even though I've stopped a lot of those things, not intentionally, really just because of coronavirus. But I am blown away by how simple movement can transform your life. And the reason I say simple is because I'm talking pretty much about walking right now. Those daily walks on the beach, the walks along the coastal walk, me choosing to walk everywhere. Like if I had to go to the grocery store, walking all the way down the block, turning the corner, walking back up the hill, walking sometimes to my workplace. I was just walking everywhere and it became second nature. It became a habit to walk. And I saw so much change. Now I thought I come from America, right? This is the land of like, work yourself to absolute burnout, um, exert yourself energy wise until you pass out. So I have grown up with the mentality of like, if you don't put in hard, hard, sweaty, difficult, extenuous, extenuous, is that a word? Extraneous is probably what I meant. <laughs> Extreme exercise into your body, you're not going to see any type of change. Now, there are some people that probably do need that, right? We all are made up of different everything, different DNA, different bio backgrounds. We all have different biology. We come from different parents. We live in different zip codes. So of course, this information may not apply to you. But if you're someone that was me, where I used to work out two hours a day, like I would do cycle bar and then go to my personal trainer, or I would like do sprints and then do a hot yoga class. Like I was pretty extreme about it, but I never saw any change. And I think it's because my body was so stressed out. It was like constantly in fight or flight mode that it never felt relaxed. And when I just started doing these beach walks, chilling out, doing really slow movement, that's when things changed. And that signaled to me that that was my stress level going down. So the cortisol 
cortisol, which is the stress hormone, I don't think was spiking as much because I wasn't doing all these extreme things. I think before when I was doing all the extreme stuff, my body was like, what the fuck are we in the middle of a war zone? Like, why are you sprinting and flipping tires and running and there's lasers and you're jumping and flipping and slamming? And I think eventually doing that so much caused my body to just freeze and like hold on to extra weight. And I'm not even talking about this from a a vanity perspective, but like it was unhealthy. I don't think what I was doing was healthy for my hormones. So eventually when I switched to this lower impact movement, that was just simply walking and doing, when I say yoga too, I was doing yin classes. If anyone's familiar with yin, you literally stretch. My, my old coworkers used to make fun of me because I used to do this once a week and they're like, oh, you're going to your stretch class, going into your nap class. And I'm like, yeah, because it calms down my body. It calms my mind. I am forced to just sit with myself and stretch. And all that combined with the walking and the really just enjoying nature and being outside really not only transformed my body, but then my mindset. So my biggest baby step that I noticed during the last year was just slowing down with my movement and walking. So walks are very underrated. I would definitely try them out. Number two is try listening to music instead of a business or self-development or entrepreneurial, whatever type of podcast once in a while. I've been doing this for the last, I want to say maybe two or three weeks, where instead of when I go on a walk or if I'm working or you know I'm just taking a break, instead of immediately throwing on a self-development podcast, which I always used to do, I've just tried listening to music and I notice that my mood changes. I notice that I'm not as stressed when I answer emails. I'm not as frantic going into client calls. I'm more in a very like relaxed channeled state where I'm like, wow, I feel like a clear vessel because I wasn't just listening to someone else's words making me think I'm behind. So this is something that I notice all the time with my clients is they feel behind. They're not doing enough. They don't have a morning routine. They feel guilty. They don't have a wind down routine. They don't take their lunch break, all these different things. Or when they do do all those things, they try to like maximize how much self-development they can do in one hour. Like, oh my gosh, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm going to journal. I'm going to do do, 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 Listen, if that works for you, keep doing it. But I notice when we do that, we tend to compare ourselves to others when we don't have the full story. And then we feel behind because we feel like shit, because in life, you are never rewarded for being behind. So of course, naturally, people are going to think, oh, I'm so behind. I don't have these you know, 20 things in place. When in reality, it's like actually you're on your own path. You're going to figure things out in your own time. And you pretty much always are able to shift things around based on whatever reality you want to create with your own beliefs and thought patterns and energy, et cetera. So instead of trying to shove down a million podcasts in a day or read 100 self-development articles in a week, just try listening to music. I know, again, these are simple. Some of these are so stupidly simple that you guys are going to be like, wait, what? And this is what I'm saying. That's why I called it baby steps. I didn't call it even like small steps. Like these are baby, baby steps that can create massive transformation. So try music instead of a self-development podcast or even nature sounds or something, even if just silence. But I would definitely try to limit how much self-development you're trying to cram into each day because then the goalpost is always going to keep moving. My next tip is putting your phone on airplane mode whenever you are starting to feel overwhelmed. 
And I was going to say whenever you start working, but I really think this is whenever you feel overwhelmed. So even on the weekends, right, we still are all addicted to our phones. We're scrolling Instagram, watching the latest TikTok, checking email, whatever. So if you can put your phone on airplane mode and be like, you know what? I'm simply going to go outside today. I'm going to hit the beach. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go play in the snow, you know, whatever you're doing, put your phone on airplane mode so that you are not distracted. Because even if you have notifications turned off, which I'll get to in a second, it can still be distracting if you know that you can just open your phone and scroll on Instagram. Whereas if airplane modes, airplane mode is on and your data is off, you're kind of like, uh, do I really, just as like an extra step, like, do I really want to open the app while I'm trying to enjoy my weekend or my time off or my downtime? So airplane mode is such a lifesaver, especially at night. I don't know what you guys have on with your notifications, but this morning I woke up to all these pings and I was like, why am I getting all these sounds? Like I'm very intentional about turning my notifications off. And it was all these PayPal sounds and things that I just paid. So it was like, ding, you paid blah, blah, blah to Apple Music. Ding, you paid blah, blah, blah to this coach. Ding. I'm like, what? Oh my God, why is this happening so much? Like I woke up to these three dings and I'm like, wow, if I had just put my phone on airplane mode and set my alarm or just let my body wake up naturally, I wouldn't have had to deal with this. So airplane mode is a lifesaver. The next one is what I just talked about is turning all your notifications off. I'm talking about when you open your phone, right? And I see this with so many people. They have the WhatsApp notifications, email, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever else. And I immediately go into like panic mode when I see that because to me, that's showing your mind and your body, wow, look at all the things you have to react to. You have to go react to that comment. You have to go respond to that email. You have to go comment back on that Facebook post. When you know damn well you're going to get on that app anyway and see the notification. So I don't see the point in putting on like uh, on screen notifications because I know I'm going to check Instagram and see, you know, the red DM alert or the heart with the red dot that is, you know, a new like. I already know that because the app alerts me. So why would I put more stress on myself by putting the note on the screen, knowing that every time I open my phone, it's going to tell me something, right? We have to remember these apps are also designed to keep us on. If you've watched The Social Dilemma, I would ha- if you haven't, I would recommend it. And if you have, you understand what I'm talking about. The smartest people in the world, okay? Geniuses were put behind these platforms to make you stay on. If you ever notice how pointless some of the notifications are, like someone just liking um, a reaction where it's like the hard eyes or something, odd to their story and they just like it back. Like that is a pointless notification, but when you go on, it notifies you of that. Or if someone tags you in something, maybe that's more important, but like, do you really need an on-screen notification for you to go react to it? It's constantly putting you in react mode. I don't know about you, but we're all reacting to stuff every day. If you have a job, you are always reacting to your clients, to customers, to coworkers, to bosses. If you're at home, you're constantly reacting to the people you live with, your pet, your baby, whatever the case is. Like uh, we live 90% of our lives in react mode. So why would you add extra pressure to react by putting on those on-screen notifications? This is a game changer. I even turned off my WhatsApp. Um, what's it called? Like the on-screen notifications for WhatsApp. 
this is huge because I used to live abroad. So I used WhatsApp all the time. And so it would be like, you know, 20 messages from this person, voice note from this person, da da da. And my mind would immediately go to, oh my gosh, I have to respond to this person right away. Even though I had like plans to go to the beach or walk around or make a smoothie or whatever the case is, it's like, oh my gosh, no, I have to react to this person because we're so trained now to react in that way. So it's so interesting that it's, it's such a big deal, but we don't make it a big deal. And I truly think that if you turn your notifications off on your, especially the on-screen ones and anything else, like even on your laptop, you will see a crazy, crazy change. Because remember, you're probably already reacting anyway. You're already going to go on your email. You're already going to go on Facebook. You know you're going to see those notifications anyway. So just take the layer off of your on-screen ones and see what happens. Now, hot tip, this is at least for a MacBook. If you go up to the right-hand side of your MacBook where those three lines are and the three dots, like all the way up on the right-hand side of the screen, hit it. And then scroll down, look at what it says. It says night shift and do not disturb. Do not disturb. I put this on every single time I open my laptop. It is my the first thing I do. I type in my password, I open the screen, and I immediately put on do not disturb. Because then any notifications that I put on, any anything just goes away and I don't have to worry about it. And then if I really want to, I can just scroll over back to that exact tab and see what I missed. For example, right now I'm looking at it. I've missed a few text messages. I have a software update. Okay, no big deal, right? I can just go to answer my texts as soon as this podcast is over. I can check what the software update is, but I don't need that stuff flashing on my screen, especially if you're working. If you're someone that's recording a podcast or emailing clients or anything, creating a graphic, why do you want to constantly be distracted by a notification that's going to pop up on your screen? So you can see I'm very passionate about this one because it's so small, but it really, really changes the state of your being, especially lowering those stress levels. The next tip I have, really baby step as well, is putting water next to your bed. I didn't realize how many people were dehydrated or like didn't drink water. I am fortunate enough that I hate soda and I hate pretty much anything that's not water. So I'm constantly drinking water. Like I have a water bottle that I drink probably like three times a day. Right now I have like six cups next to my bed because I always drink water. And then I realized, wait, I think it's so easy for me to drink water because I make it so accessible to myself in terms of where it is. So think about this. Whenever you clean and you put stuff away, you try to put the things you use most in front of you, right? Like I have my sunglasses right now, right next to my door so that I remember to put on sunglasses when I leave. I have a mask right next to the door as well. So I can grab my mask when I leave. I have the keys next to my door so I can grab my keys when I leave, right? So if you're going to think of it in that context, why not put water readily available to you, especially now if you're isolating or quarantining or anything, it's kind of annoying sometimes to get out of bed every single time and get the water and go make yourself a cup. And I know that sounds like, okay, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, but we really are a species that love convenience and efficiency, especially if you're American, you love things fast, quick, and instant. So why not help yourself by putting that water next to you? 
So water next to the bed has been a game changer for me because then either when I wake up, go to bed, and I'm even if I'm like just working in my room, I have the water right there and I stay hydrated. And then it doesn't become a big deal to like have to get up and interrupt my workflow and go get a glass of water and chug it and then come back. So again, these are so simple, but they really are game changers. Next one is one of my favorites. It's doing a body scan to see where you hold tension. So this is a meditation I usually do with my clients. And I even listen to meditations like this myself, where you just pretend that there's a bright white light at the top of your head. And then it scans all the way down your body, almost like a photocopier and really try to visualize that and see where you're holding tension. So for example, starting at the top of your head and it's going all the way down, it hits your eyebrows. Your eyebrows are usually furrowed. We hold a lot of tension there. It's where we express animation on our face. You go down, your cheeks, your jaw. So many of us clench our jaw without even noticing. Then you go down your neck and your shoulders. See if your shoulders are close to your ears. Usually they are. We have a tendency to lift our shoulders up. You keep scanning down. Check if there's any tension in your chest or how you're carrying your posture going down the torso. So you can see you do this all the way down to your toes. Whenever I do this, I always notice there's at least two of those areas that I'm holding tension. It's usually in my jaw or in my shoulders where I'm tensing up or I'm literally clenching my jaw shut. And I have to actively just notice this and come back to, okay, just relax. Like no big deal. Just unclench the jaw, just move the shoulders away from the ears. And if you can get in the habit of doing this, Let's say, again, let's say a baby step, just doing it once a day. Check around lunchtime, do a body scan. Okay, where is this tension at? Then maybe you can build up to twice a day. Maybe do it in the morning before you go into work and then at lunchtime. Then you can move to like maybe every other hour, right? So these are all baby steps. And I highly encourage you to just start with one. So if you heard this and you're like, oh, yay, I'm going to do it once an hour. You are not allowing your nervous system to integrate this new change in your life, and it's going to be hard to integrate, and then you're going to feel bad that you didn't integrate it, and then you're just not going to do it. This is why most people that try to diet end up trying to extremely do it, right? They're like, okay, next Monday I'm going plant-based, and they like go crazy about it, and then they do it for a week or two, maybe a month, and they're like, I gave it up. It was too hard. It's because your nervous system wasn't prepared for it. So your nervous system and your ego do not like change. They don't like change. So if you if you're someone that's like, oh, change is really hard for me, yeah, it is. It's scientifically proven. That's why it's so hard to leave a relationship even when it's bad. That's so hard. It's so hard to live a job when it's bad, right? A lot of us don't like our jobs or we're miserable or we stay just because of the benefits, but we don't want to change because it seems like a shock to our nervous system. We don't leave countries. We don't leave our house. We don't leave anything, right? Because change is a really big deal and your ego wants to keep you safe and protected. So whenever you do anything new, it doesn't even matter if it's good for you because it's a change. Your ego and your nervous system will be like, nope, nope, nope. It truly goes into fight, flight, or freeze mode. And it's like, I don't want to do that. That's why we feel resistance to things. And this is actually really helpful because I think if you're someone that beats yourself up for not doing something, you can understand that it's not just a mindset thing. This is your nervous system reacting to that change. So for example, I have a client that she wanted to really make a morning routine that worked for her. And part of that included walking along the beach before work. 
And then a few months later, we checked in on it. And she's like, no, I haven't even done it. Like, I just feel so silly. It's such a fun thing that I want to do. And I don't know why I can't just make myself get up an hour earlier and go walk the beach. And I'm like, that's because your nervous system has never done it. Even though we know walking on the beach is amazing for grounding and clearing your head and getting those endorphins in before the day, we know that it's good for us. But because you have not been waking up an hour earlier, that's already a big change because you haven't really made this a habit. It's a big change. So no wonder your nervous system is resisting because it's thinking, oh my gosh, no, my life is going to change. Something in my habits are going to change. My routine is going to be different. And it doesn't like that. So it will, it will always make you resist and come up with excuses or reasons why you don't want to get up and do it. And that is okay. This is why I am so, so adamant about baby steps. So if someone came to me and they're like, I want to start a morning routine and wake up an hour earlier, I would actually probably be like, no, I think you should start waking up maybe 10 minutes earlier. Then let's move to 20 minutes. Now maybe you can jump to like 40 or 45, and but do it small, not like, oh, day one, 10, day two, 20. No, I think for a week or two, try to wake up 10 minutes earlier, see how that goes. Then we move to week two, maybe try it a little bit earlier, right? This is why, because then you are slowly integrating and you're showing yourself, look, it's safe. It's okay. I'm good if I wake up 10 minutes earlier. Okay, wow, yeah, this feels good, right? And then you'll see a reward system kick into place or some type of payoff, and then you'll feel motivated. And if you don't, then you don't do it. This is why I am such a also big believer in really doing things that work for you. I don't have a super strict morning routine. I'm not one of these people that's like lemon water journal, apple cider vinegar shot, run around, do this, oat milk latte, da da da. I'm like, no, because I haven't done any of those things before. So my mind is immediately going to go into overdrive and be like, nope, don't do it. And so I have to tell myself, start small. Maybe just start waking up and doing one of your favorite workouts. Okay, now you've been doing that for a month. Now we can integrate something else. So I'm really, really a fan of that, not only because I think it works, but because it's scientifically proven that your nervous system doesn't like to be overloaded with new information. So the body scan, going back to that, that's an easy one that I would say, again, try once a day. Don't jump to it trying to do it a million times a day. Even if that's too much, try once a month, try once a week, right? Baby steps. The next one is five minutes of meditation. I am going to spend a little more time on this one because meditation, I know some people are like, oh, no, don't want to do it. Meditation is one of the most misused misconceptions, has one of the biggest misconceptions around the word. And I know this because I used to think this because of what I saw in the movies. When I saw people meditating in the movies, movies, they were wearing like shawls. They were hippies. They meditated and and discovered that they like left the planet. They were floating. They were levitating. They saw white. They had no thoughts. So I thought, oh, wow, that's something that like you really must go live in the mountains and be like a shaman to be able to do that. And then when Headspace came out and my therapist back then actually recommended meditation, I was like, okay, well, if it's on an app that's free for five minutes, I guess I could try it. And I realized quickly how much I misunderstood what meditation was. The goal of meditation is not to see nothing. It's not to think no thoughts. That's actually impossible, right? Unless you have a, your brain shuts down medically, it is impossible to just have no thoughts. 
It's truly to understand and observe your thoughts and check in with yourself. Now, going back to what I said earlier, 90% of us are probably in react mode all the time. This is the chance where you get to check in on why am I reacting so much? What's working? What's not working? What's really going on underneath the surface? That's what I consider meditation as. So if you need to reframe this to be like, it's my check-in time, it's my self-reflection time, it's my downtime, call it that. But whatever it is, it is your time to check in with yourself. Sometimes when I meditate, I, I do a ton of different meditations, by the way, too. Most of them I do are guided because I like someone walking me through what to do and giving me a visual. So that's why I love guided meditations. Headspace is amazing. I love center. I know Insight Timer is a big one. YouTube has a million free meditations. There's a million apps. If you search meditation on Instagram, I'm sure there's a million people that have done IGTVs and you know Instagram posts about it. So to me, there are so many resources out there that you really can search and find someone's voice that you like, some music, some visuals, and then you stick with it. That's why Headspace became so popular. People loved the guy's voice and they loved how simple it was in the visuals. And going back to baby steps, this is why I like what they did. They made it a baby step instead of saying, hey, do this, open this app and start with a 45 minute meditation. They're like, no, here's a one minute meditation. Here's a three minute one. Here's a five minute one. And you got to choose what you were thinking. Do I want to do meditation for anxiety? Do I want to do meditation for overwhelm? Do I just want to check in with myself? And that's why I am so big on these apps. I don't want to say big on these apps, but like I really try to let my clients know about them because they have such a big misconception around what meditation is. And I'm like, just try it. Just try the one minute one on Headspace or go to YouTube and Google five minute calming meditation and see what that does for you. But if it's not guided and you just want to set a timer, do that. Put on a timer for three minutes and maybe throw on some sounds of the ocean and just sit there and be like, how do I want to feel today? What do I want my mood to be? What do I need to look at today that I that is like underneath the surface? It's that check-in time. And I know, I already know people are thinking, oh, I have so much to do. I don't have time. Even five minutes is just too much. Okay, one minute. If you're telling me you don't have one minute in your day, I would then challenge you to go look at your screen time and see how long you've been on Instagram and then come back to me and tell me that you don't have a minute in your day. Yes, I'm calling you out because this is what I see all the time, including myself. I don't have time. I'm so busy. Oh my gosh, even five minutes is going to take too long. Well, that's weird. I scrolled on Instagram for two hours. So hmm, I think I do have a minute or two to meditate. And again, you can change it up. You don't have to be strict. Some days I do guided ones. Some days I just sit by the pool and close my eyes. Sometimes I just listen to music and, and really check in with myself. There's no right or wrong way to do it. If you make it right or wrong, then you are always going to feel like you're doing it wrong unless you go get a certification or go to your, I don't know, go to a yoga studio or whatever the case is. So it's like, try not to make it right or wrong and it won't be such a big deal. The next one I have is around adding more nutrients into your day instead of taking away. So I have been raving about the fruit bowl, which you all know I got from Kenzie Burke. I've been eating this fruit bowl now for like six months and it feels so decadent and abundant to me instead of some like rushed protein bar, like quick coffee in the car or whatever the case is. This fruit bowl feels like an overflow of an abundance. 
I put bananas, blueberries, grapes, honey, cacao, um, chia seeds, coconut flakes. It's like, wow, the act of even taking all those things out and putting it in my bowl actually signals to my brain, look at this abundance of stuff in your bowl. And then it makes me feel truly nourished instead of, again, just some rushed granola bar. So a baby step here, if the fruit bowl seems like too big, again, just add one different ingredient instead of taking away. Because going back to our nervous system and our brains, we don't really like restriction. That's why when people hear diet or budget or anything like that, those words traditionally mean to constrict or hold back or reduce. And then we have resistance to it. So instead of thinking of it that way, try to just think of adding things, adding nutrients, adding one fruit to your day, adding one veggie to your plate, adding one more cup of water, right? These are pretty small baby steps, but eventually they will add up and change your day. The next one I have is kind of similar to the last one, and it's changing out one ingredient each time you go to the grocery store. Now, I feel like the healthiest that I ever was in the last year was when I was being a nanny in Broome. I was juicing in the morning or I was having some type of oatmeal or fruit. And the afternoon I would have like red lentil pasta with spinach and olive oil and all these delicious spices. At nighttime, I would make some type of kale bowl with sweet potatoes. And I did not used to eat like that, okay? I come from America. We are used to eating in the car, Starbucks, quick food, Chick-fil-A, you know, Subway, garbage, garbage food. So for me to eat like this, I even like I was shocked. I remember going back one day and like eating my food and I was like, this is actually pretty crazy that I'm eating like this because like a year ago I was eating, you know, a mocha frappuccino and huge chicken tender sub with sauce and mayo on white bread at my lunch break. So it was so weird to look at my plate and be like, wow, everything on here is like rich in color and nutrients and ingredients. And then one time I vividly remember going to the grocery store and looking at my cart and I was like, wow, 80% of this is produce. And that did not happen overnight. Okay. My first trip to the grocery store was probably like quick food, microwave stuff, whatever. And then got like a few bananas. And then the next trip I was like, oh, you know what? I really like watermelon. So I'm going to get bananas and watermelon. And then you can see, I just started to add and add and add all these delicious things to my cart. And eventually it's like, I didn't crave the Kraft mac and cheese. I didn't want the like chocolate chip cookie that gave me a stomach ache. And I would find swaps too. I would be like, well, I love chocolate. So let me just get a, an alternative. And that really helped. So I would say start with one ingredient each time and go to the grocery store that's either healthy or nutritious and just add it to your cart. And then just try to do this every time you go, every time you go to the grocery store. Again, just one fruit, one veggie, maybe just one extra bottle of water, whatever the case is. And eventually you will look at your cart and be like, wow, I really did change a lot. So the one ingredient trick, just adding it every time the grocery store is a really, really big, big, big transformation. Okay. We have two more. And the next one is just changing your alarm sound. This one seems so simple, but I am telling you, it is probably one of the biggest game changers. I used to have whatever alarm sound just came with my phone and I was, I don't know why, too lazy to change it, even though it takes two seconds. And then I noticed when I would go to, let's say like a hostel or travel and people would have alarms that would wake them up with the like fire alarm sound, like, burr, burr, burr. 
even hearing that on this podcast, you're probably like, wow, that was fucking annoying. Imagine waking up to that. Imagine coming out of your beautiful sleep, your dreams, you just rested, and then waking up to basically a fire alarm. How could that potentially set you up for a good day? To me, you're starting your day, your day with a sense of urgency and reaction and like scaredness, right? How many of us have listened to that alarm and like <gasps> you jump and you get anxious and your your heart starts beating and you're like, oh, okay, it's just uh, my phone alarm. It's like, why would you start your day with that? Start it with a lighter sound. Now, if you have an iPhone, I'm sure it's 2021. Androids and other phones can do this too. You just change the sound to either be like a nature sound, a softer sound, something that's lighter, like a breezy wind chime, something that truly feels like you're waking up in nature versus some artificial, you know, man-made sound that is very, very alarming to your nervous system. You can see too, all this relates back to the nervous system. That's very intentional. I'm like a big, big proponent of understanding the nervous system because I think if you understand your nervous system, then you can understand your mind and it makes sense for why you want to create these changes. So for me, I actually use the bedtime app on my iPhone. Now, I don't know. I'm pretty sure all iPhones come with this now, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, if you just go to your alarms, I'm checking right now. I'm doing this in real time. Yeah, go to your alarms and then it says sleep or wake up at the very top hit that and then set your alarms. So right now I'm changing mine and it has my wake up alarm and the sound is early riser. And what happens is it actually starts going off in a very soft way and gets louder and louder. Now I'm a very light sleeper. So I usually hear my alarm like two seconds into it and I just turn it off, but it gets louder and louder. So if you're someone that's like, Oh, I don't know if I'm going to wake up to that noise. It continues getting louder. So I'm sure you will. Now the other thing too is looking at the sound. So that's really important. When I look at the sound of mine early riser, okay, yeah, it doesn't say fire truck alarm or anything crazy. So I know that at least if it goes off, I won't be in such a panicked state. Huge tip. And the next one is one I'm still working on, but I know that every time I do it, I feel amazing is staying off the phone for 30 minutes after you wake up. Again, if you are in the the 2021 world of any type of country, anywhere you are, anywhere you live, you have a phone and you're probably addicted to it. Okay. Straight up. Like, let's just be honest. We're all addicted to our phones. I don't care what we say. If you have Instagram, if you have Facebook, if you have TikTok, if you have any of these things where you are being rewarded for being on the app and getting notified, you are probably addicted to it, which was exactly the point of why they were made is to keep you on platform. So don't feel bad, right? Don't feel bad like, oh, I just wish I could break this addiction. Well, geniuses made it that were literally trained in human behavior to keep you on the app. Again, I would highly recommend watching The Social Dilemma. And if you're someone that's like, oh, I don't know about that, I used to work in influencer and content marketing and we would talk to the platforms and this is all true. Like it was how to keep engagement up, how to keep them online, how to keep people scrolling. So I don't feel shame about it at all. Like I don't mind saying I'm addicted to it because I'm like, yeah, I literally am a human being that I have the same behaviors and tendencies just like every other human to want that reward of seeing a DM or seeing a like or seeing a comment that's that spikes that part of pleasure in our brain. So of course we're addicted to it. So the way to try to at least start your day with not being that 
mode of reacting is just try to keep your phone away from you for the first 30 minutes after you wake up. Now, some people are like, oh, well, then how would I do my meditation or my podcast? Well, then try to be disciplined about it and just immediately open the app and put it on, but then put it away and then go do your routine. If you don't even have a routine, then just make something, just start doing things without your phone. So for example, when I was in corporate America, I did not really have a morning routine, except that I would go to the gym before work and I would make some breakfast and I would listen to a podcast. So some people would argue that's a routine, right? But when I woke up, I would not touch my phone. Even though I had like a 30 minute drive to the gym, I would put it away. I would put on music in the car. I would just put on my clothes and leggings and everything without listening to anything. I would go to the gym. The gym has music. So I listen to music there on the way back. I would go get a smoothie or something, make my breakfast. And then when I started walking to work, I would put on a podcast or something. And it really did change my mood. It changed so much because I was like, wow, I'm not literally opening my eyes and starting my day with reaction mode and staring at my screen. So this is something that, again, I'm still working on. I know that this is hard, especially if you're someone that is constantly like working on deadlines or you are an entrepreneur, you want to see if someone signed up for your program, or you booked a client call or whatever the case is. This is true for corporate life too, right? You want to see if you got an email from that client or your boss emailed you back. Of course, this is really hard. But I think when we look at it, 30 minutes is not that much time. Usually by the time you like make breakfast and get ready, that's 30 minutes. So again, if that's too much, then try 10 minutes. So let's go back to baby steps. Maybe you just need to try the 10 minutes and that will help. Okay, so that was it. The 10 baby steps that create massive transformation. We talked about movement, listening to music instead of self-development podcasts or anything that's self-development, airplane mode, turning notifications off, keeping water next to your bed, doing a body scan, incorporating a small amount of meditation in your day, adding more nutrients into your life instead of taking away, changing out one ingredient every time you go to the grocery store, changing your alarm sound and staying off the phone for a short period of time, period of time after you wake up. If you love this episode, I would love to hear from you. You can either screenshot it, tag me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife and tell me which one was your favorite takeaway. You can DM me. I also have a podcast in Instagram, which is at non-expert opinion pod, or you can write a review and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. Now, if you do leave a review, take a screenshot and send it to me and I will send you one of my guided meditations. I love doing meditations. It's included in all my one-on-one client calls. I end every single call with a guided meditation because they are very powerful. If you are being guided into something with visuals and words, it really is a nice way to fall into that deep relaxation state. So if you do write a review, again, screenshot it and send it to me. If you are writing it on iTunes, try to take the screenshot before you submit it because it takes quite a while for the review to go through. So take the screenshot before and then either just shoot it to me at my DM at Chelsea Rife or my email info at ChelseaRife.com and my team and I will send you a guided meditation. All right, with that, the only other news I have is about that one-on-one enrollment. So again, either DM me or just apply on my website or the link in my bio. And once those four spots are up, I will re-enroll again in the summer and we can chat then. But if you are interested now, just shoot me a DM and let's talk and see if it's a fit. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening so much. I will talk to you next week. Bye.